What is up, you beautiful human? Hello, and welcome back to the Raw, Real, and Vulnerable podcast with me, your host, Beck Antonucci. It is 2024. It is New Year's Day. Welcome. Welcome to your life. What do you have in store for yourself, for your desires, for your pleasures, for your relationships, for your relationship with yourself? What do you have in store for you this year? What are you desiring to get out of this year? What are you desiring to feel within this year? What is it? What part of the self are you bringing more and more and more online this year? But as much as I could ask you a million questions that are New Year's related, today is a very, very special, incredibly unique New Year's episode, which is so community and listener based. I put it out to all of you over on my Instagram to ask me some questions for the listeners that really wanted to be involved in this very, very special New Year's Day episode. And I picked three of my favorite listener questions for us to really excavate and dive into. You know me, I'm not just a Q&A kind of woman. I'm a let's get three questions and hone all the way in on the questions to the point that I was like, oh my God, my podcast team are going to kick me in my beautiful asshole if I don't stop speaking. But I really unpack three powerful questions that dive so deeply into relationships, that dive so deeply into dating, that dive so deeply into dating standards, and dive so deeply into the woman unlocking her heart, pulling away the armor, letting down the walls so that she can truly allow love to enter. And the final listener question is actually from a male listener, and we dive into herpes transmission and the fears that herpes can put into our minds that prevents us from experiencing pleasure with our non-herpes positive partner. So it's super juicy. It's really powerful whether you resonate with the herpes conversation or not. Just for as long as you have a deep interest in relationships, this episode is truly going to be for you. If you love it, please screenshot it, share it to your story, tag me so that I can share it as well and so that I can connect with you. Strap yourself in. This is one hell of a New Year's Day episode. Let's fucking go. I don't know if you all know this about me, but I actually have a core human need for variety. So today's episode really, really excites me because whilst I am so consistent in the podcast and whilst I release an episode every single week, no matter what, even if it's Christmas and New Year's Day. So that is the consistency that I thread into my life, the rock solid masculine structure that supports the femininity of Rebecca Antonucci and all of her chaos and creativity and intuition that supports my feminine essence to thrive. I'm so consistent. I've got that rock solid structure, but I have this huge core human need for variety. And today that variety cup is getting filled all the way up because I have some incredible raw, real and vulnerable listeners asking some amazing questions that I'm bringing to the show. So this is a different kind of episode that I've never, ever done before. And there's a part of me that's like, oh, shiny object syndrome, something new. This is fun. This is so fun. So I just want to say, number one, thank you to the people who have contributed. And what I'm most excited for is for me to answer questions 
and everyone receives so much value from both the question and the answer and you really get to see yourself and hear yourself in the question of a stranger that is connected to you somewhere around the world that you're never ever going to know but you're going to be able to hear yourself in their question and receive value from me answering their question and you know it really just affirms for me and confirms for me the saying that Preston Smile says all the time what is most personal is most universal. I got asked so many brilliant questions, but I really desired to bring these to the show today because I just felt the answers to these questions are going to so greatly impact and benefit everyone who is listening. So strap yourself in. We are going to dive into it. Hey, Beck, long-time listener, big-time fan. My question is, how do you stop the self-sabotage? I'm currently seeing someone and I'm struggling to lean all into it and get vulnerable because I'm just used to protecting myself. So what are your tips for letting my guard down and going all in? Thank you. Oh, my goodness. I love this question so much. And what I'm hearing in what this woman is not saying is there may be a fear of vulnerability. There may be a fear of opening my heart and opening myself up and letting my guard down. But despite all of that fear, what I heard in her question that she didn't ask, what she didn't even say is, I deeply desire partnership. I don't want to be guarded or armored. I don't want to protect myself. I no longer want to engage in these sabotaging behaviors. So how can I support myself to no longer do that and play in that energy so that I can actually open myself up to the kind of love that I really yearn for and ache for? And so, yes, we can look at the self-sabotaging behaviors and all of those things, and we will. But what I would love to just start with for this woman is, you know, hearing that and hearing me affirm and confirm that, have you ever, and this is my question for anyone listening who resonates with that question that this listener has asked, have you defined from your beautiful feminine energy, from your essence, from your deep desire, from your feeling emotional body, have you defined what the kind of intimate, committed, pleasurable, adventurous partnership looks and feels like? Because holding the vision, having almost an anchor could be incredibly beneficial for you because look, breaking free from the part of us that was so hurt and so harmed and decided to guard up and armor up to protect ourselves from ever being hurt and harmed again, this is a process. It's a journey. It's not an easy one. Having our heart broken is incredibly painful. And then living from a guarded, armored heart is also incredibly painful because what we're protecting is also blocking love from entering. So we're kind of in this place of like, wow, I've lived my life protecting my heart and protecting myself from ever again getting hurt and harmed. And that worked for a while until it no longer worked because it's really preventing me from the thing that I most desire. But other than just saying, you know, I'd like my husband and two babies or I'd want my boyfriend. Have you really defined from your woman's deepest desire and her aching and her yearning, have you defined what that partnership looks and feels like? And that would really be my step one for you. Define from desire and from your reclaimed woman. And if you don't know right now because you're like, actually, I'm too much in my pain, I'm too much in my wounding, I'm too much in my fear, I love to think of myself 
5, 10, 15, 20 years from now, the almost the highest self-expression of Rebecca. I love to visualize what she looks like, what she feels like, how she dresses, what she likes to be called. My highest self's name is Rebecca. If I ever need to have a good talking to myself, I'm communicating with Rebecca. It is Beck who is almost my personality. And Rebecca is just my worthy woman who knows what I'm here for, who knows what my desires are, who allows desire to lead me, who knows that her husband exists. And she just knows. She's just so in her body, so in her knowing, and she can provide me with the greatest guidance. So if you could connect with her, if you don't even know right now, if you feel like you're so in your personality and your fear, get her to define what this partnership might be like. So that would be my first step for you. And then the next step that you could go into is looking at the kind of relationship standards and or dating standards that would be attached to you calling in the kind of partner that you just visualized. You can do standards from your feminine essence and your emotional body. And then you can also have a really beautiful list of masculine logical standards. Actually, I'll put my dating and relationship standards framework in as a downloadable for you to all benefit from because I've got a beautiful tool that's going to support you with exactly this. And so once you get really clear on your standards, and we can have our baseline standards of like non-negotiable standards. Maybe he has a beautiful relationship with his family, or it could be he wants to get married. He wants to have children. He values loyalty. He values monogamy. For those who are desiring open relating, he is open to open relating. He takes plant medicine. He is adventurous. He is a business owner. He wants to live in Australia. He wants to be a digital nomad. What well, fill in the blank for what your baseline standards are for this relationship. And what that will help you with, because we have our non-negotiable standards, we have our higher level standards, and then we almost have our dream standards. Where women can really cock block themselves is playing entirely in their dream standards. And I'm not here to project my beliefs onto anyone. But what I feel is most important is that you know what your baseline standards are. Because there's no point me saying, I want to get married and I want to have children. And tomorrow, we all know how much I have a high desire for sex, pleasure, and intimacy. Tomorrow I meet the man that I'm so attracted to, best sex of my whole life, wants to create a vision together, wants to travel the world together, wants to impact thousands of men and women together and is all the things that I really want, but he doesn't want babies and he doesn't want to get married. Well, I could meet him and if I'm not anchored to and connected with my standards, specifically my non-negotiable standards, I could have one of my higher desires met, like most mind-blowing sex of my entire life. And then I could be like, "Uh, I think I could change him. He could fall in love with me because we're having the best sex ever. And he could definitely want to marry me at some point and want to have babies. But if he's telling me that he doesn't want to, and I know my non-negotiable standards are I'm getting married and I'm having children, then when I'm meeting people, I know that I am meeting people from the standards of my higher self, and I'm not willing to negotiate on them because if I am negotiating, I am settling. 
Now, the benefit, I'm not even going to dive that deep into standards because I'm going to attach the framework to this podcast for you all and you can find that in the show notes. But the benefit of you connecting to the vision of your partnership is actually doing this work is going to be challenging and it's going to be slow and we're going to be meeting the part of you that was really hurt and harmed and it's not going to be an overnight process. There isn't a wave a magic wand and you're all of a sudden fixed from the emotional pain that really so deeply impacted you all those years ago. This is going to be a slow burn for true integrated change to occur. It's going to require your patience. And in the face of dating, it's going to require patience from the person that you are dating to. There's going to be road bumps. There's going to be fuck ups. There's going to be lots of emotions. There's going to be tears. There's going to be conflict. And healing from any of this relational pain doesn't mean any of those things do not happen. It just means as those things occur, you are committed to continually opening your heart, leading with vulnerability and leaning into the pain versus avoiding it. And it's going to require two people who are really willing to do that. And the reason that I say get very clear on your relationship vision is that's almost the anchor to support you, to remind you in the times that maybe you want to quit or maybe you want to guard up or maybe being vulnerable seems too scary. The vision of the partnership is the anchor to continue to move you. It's almost like when I didn't talk about herpes, the vision of the most freely expressed self, the me that was out of that mental prison, the me that felt like she was in her body and could just be herself so freely and speak about any single thing that was going on for her. In the times that there was a part of me that was like, I don't want to do this. Or even on the day that I went to do my Facebook live and I had that phone in my hand and I was like, I really don't want to do this. I'm too scared. I'm too afraid. I'm too terrified. What if they do judge me? What if no one does like me? What if the whole world does reject me? I used to say to myself, knowing the vision of the future me, the higher self me, am I willing and committed to further perpetuating the wounded version of me who exists right now? Or am I committed to the higher vision of me? And because I'd already defined the higher vision, I knew what she looked like, felt like, expressed like. And so when I sat there with my phone in my hand and that Facebook Live ready to go, and I was about to press a button for a whole day, I didn't. For a day, I sat there and cried. It was that question. Rebecca, remember, Rebecca is my higher self, speaking to myself like I am my higher self. Are you committed to the wounded version of you or are you committed to your freedom? I was like, fuck, I don't want to be committed to my freedom right now, but I also don't want to further perpetuate the wounds. So it made sense that despite it being so incredibly terrifying and difficult, I had to press the go button. And that was the question that supported me to bang, let's go. And so when it comes to the sabotaging behaviors and the fear of opening your heart, you know, I've been talking a lot online and within all of my group programs about strength created from mask and facade and strength created from protection versus true integrated embodied strength. And you might be asking what that means, but there was a version of you that really got hurt and harmed in relationship. And so it required healthy aggression from protection to support you to stay safe. I'm doing air quotes right now from the pain that occurred then which means that you now have self-sabotaging behaviors. Now, the beautiful thing about self-sabotaging behaviors is we can really blame, shame, judge, and wrong ourselves for our self-sabotaging behaviors. But if you've ever done parts work before or work with a coach that does parts work, my favorite saying from parts work is all parts have positive intentions. So the part of you that is sabotaging in the face of this man that you were dating 
That part of you isn't trying to be malicious. That part of you thinks that she is here to support you, to save you, to rescue you. Even though it's actually having detrimental impacts to your life and to your dating experience, she isn't trying to be intentional about that. She isn't trying to fuck up your dating. She's trying to protect you from being hurt and harmed because she believes that there's threat. The saboteur is a part of your protection of your nervous system. So what do we do about that? Well, I could be like, okay, let's unpack the self-sabotaging behaviors and do the opposite, which, yeah, okay, great. Logically, there's, you know, there's going to be some amount of result that happens there, but the truth is you're still taking action from protection. You're like, okay, the self-sabotage is coming from protection, but if I do the opposite, then I'll no longer create the ineffective result of the self-sabotaging behaviors. But because I haven't done the true healing on the part of me that was so hurt and harmed, eventually you're just going to create the same amount of pain in your life. So what is being requested here, what you're being invited into here is to truly go back and meet all the past versions of you who were so hurt and harmed in the face of relationship that she felt like she needed to guard up, armor up, self-sabotage and protect herself from the opposite sex. That is your work. One of the most beautiful things that I have done for myself this year is go back to the version of me 10 years ago that was so in love with that man, so in love. I used to be so embarrassed to say this, but the truth was I was so in love with him. I wanted to marry him. I wanted to have his babies. I had a whole future fantasy about our life together. I wanted his parents to be the grandparents of our kids. And that breakup was the most excruciating thing that I had ever been through. And I felt so much weakness around admitting that. I never said, fuck, that breakup was so hard on you, Rebecca. Fuck, that was just so heartbreaking, Rebecca. I never said that to myself until 10 years later, I've gone back and been like, yeah, that was actually so painful for you to experience. And I have gone back to that version of me then who was crying on the floor of the shower. My housemates would find me sitting on the floor of my shower, just weeping. I have gone back into that vision and seen myself. I think I'm having a memory come through right now. I was so in love with him and he was going away to Europe. We had this big thing about him, which is so funny that I've like left Jake and done all this travel and gone to America for months and all this and all that. And I'm like, freedom lifestyle. But when I was 25, my partner at the time, he wanted to go to Europe with his friends. And I was just so hurt that he didn't want to bring me with him. And after we broke up, he took another girl to Europe with him and I found out on Facebook and it just shattered my world and broke my heart so deeply. And my housemates told me the story of coming home and me just being collapsed on the floor of the shower, just like full body crying. Like it just felt like I was dying. My heart felt so broken. I've had to go back into that memory and see her crying on the floor of that shower and give her what she really needed to hear, co-regulate with her. Like, oh, I'm so sorry that you are in so much pain right now. And I know that you think that it's about you and you're not good enough. And I know you really believe that you weren't good enough to be chosen, but I want you to know that he chose you to the best of his ability and he loved you to the best of his ability. And I really want you to know, Rebecca, you're so brave, but the love that he was giving you wasn't enough to fulfill you. And it felt really scary. And I know you're mad, but these are really important lessons that we're learning right now. And they feel so painful. Just in really honoring you for being so brave, you're going to get through this. 
I want to let you know that you're okay, you're safe, you're so safe, and more love is coming. I promise you. And so that's called meeting the self. So what my invitation for this woman is, can you go back into this memory, all memories of every version of you who was hurt and harmed, and can you meet her? And then from the place of meeting her, because if we just go into sabotaging behaviors without meeting her, we're still going to perpetuate the wound. Because if we're taking action from the energy of wounding, even I'm doing air quotes right now, good behaviors taken from wounding will still manifest the same experience. You'll call in an unaligned person, you'll act out the same patterns, you'll even try and take air quotes again, healthy behaviors from wounding and it will create the same destruction. So whether he cheats on you, whether he abandons, betrays, rejects you, shames you, no matter what you do, if you do not go to the wound and heal the part of you that was so hurt then, you can take, and I'm doing air quotes, all the perfect actions now to prevent sabotage from ever happening and you'll not have the experience that you're aching for because it is coming from wounding. So you get to go back to the wound and truly meet her. And from that place, we can look at all the behaviors that you are currently taking from the saboteur. Remember, awareness precedes choice. And your life is a reflection of the choices that you are making. So if the reflection of your dating life doesn't align with your highest vision, we can then look at the choices that you're making that is creating a reflection of the dating experience you don't desire. And then with awareness, we can start to look to shift those behaviors. But the first step is always going to be meeting the self. If we have a vision of the relationship that you desire, that can be our anchor. And from our higher self, she can maybe make a commitment, like what are you committed to? And you could be, you could choose to be committed to vulnerability whilst I meet the part of myself who was so hurt and so harmed. And I'm committed to communicating that in the face of dating. So to full circle this, I know from the Christmas bomb last week, I told you about Jake and I've told you that I am considering exploring it. I have no fucking idea what's going on right now, by the way, because this was all recorded prior to Christmas. But what I committed to was knowing the vision for my partnership. I also committed to my reclaimed wild woman. I committed to never communicating to Jake from my little girl. And I committed to vulnerability. And I said to myself, God will give me exactly what I require on the other side of being a commitment to that energy whether it's Jake or not Jake. But I need to explore if it's Jake or not Jake from that energy. I'm not going to come to him from wounding. I'm not going to come to him from little girl. I'm not going to come to him from protection. I don't even know if he's emotionally capable to meet my woman at this depth. He says that he wants to see my vulnerability, but I don't know that. But I'm committed to not hiding it because I know the pain that will be created on the other side of doing that. So I'm constantly in the practice of opening my heart and revealing my vulnerability to see what is possible on the other side of that because I know I've got me and I choose me and I trust me and my pleasurable, expansive, beautiful, aligned partnership and partner, he wants me to be vulnerable. He wants me to be my reclaimed woman. He wants my wild woman. He doesn't want me to hide my truth. So if that's what he wants from me, whether it's Jake or not Jake, whether it's the next guy or not the next guy, whether it's Mr. Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu or not, I have to keep doing that because if they're a no to that expression of me, 
that's okay because my aligned committed partner who is in my vision, he's a yes. And every no is leading me closer to my yes, which is another anchor that gets me closer to the kind of partnership I deeply desire. So that's my invitation for you, my love. I got married after less than a year of meeting someone who lived in another country. When we got married, we had spent a total of about two months together in person. The rest was long distance. He moved here to be with me and I made some big mistakes of not protecting myself financially or having important conversations in advance of this decision. The younger version of me fell in love and wasn't being practical. Since arriving here, he has been trying to follow his passion and start his own business, but it hasn't been financially profitable. I've spent five years supporting him financially and essentially babying him, doing all of his paperwork for him amongst many other things. Additionally, we have totally opposite schedules that doesn't allow us to see each other aside from having dinner together. I feel I've lost the emotional connection for him that I once had. A few years into our marriage, he brought his parents and sisters here who don't speak English and they moved into our house with no plans on when they would move out. While I wanted to be helpful, I felt like a prisoner in my own home. They lived with us for two years and while I tried to talk to him to make a plan for them, he always pushed the conversation aside, ignoring how unhappy I was. Finally, this past April, I felt totally out of alignment with myself and I asked my husband and his family to move out, which they did. There are many things I could add, both good and bad, but one other thing that has bothered me is this whole time he never once posted me on social media and he is a heavy social media user and he has no problem posting the house and cars like they are his own. Since separating in April, we have still been talking and he wants to get back together and I'm having a hard time staying strong in my decision to separate. Even though it feels like it's the best thing for me, it's hard to give up on the dream of us. How do I know I'm making the right decision? And can you offer any advice on staying strong in it? So I love this question and I love it so much off the back of question number one and also off the back of last week's podcast episode around myself and Jake. And, you know, I'm being so honest about the Jake scenario because it's so hard to walk away when the door is slightly open. So I just really want to meet this woman in her experience of like, I'm finding it challenging to close the door. Closing the door on Jake feels really, really hard. But a part of me wonders if Jake and I were brother and sister in another lifetime. Like, I know that sounds really weird. I have this deep, deep love, like even talking to him on the phone, there's so much familiarity there and it's just so hard to close the door. And this question is so connected to not only my experience, but also question one that was asked. So number one, to full circle, you know, question one, I said, write the vision from your higher self, write the dating standards from your higher self. I mean, dating standards here, it sounds to me like you desire a partner that is willing to be seen on social media with you and desires to have that experience, especially for someone who is an active and heavy social media user. For me, I desire a partner that isn't a heavy social media user unless it's for business. And of course, I desire for him to, when we're in relationship, to be willing to share us, not from a show-off point of view, but just a, hey, I'm in partnership with someone. So for this woman, I would love to invite you into doing the vision, the same as I invited listener number one, and the standards, because it sounds like so many of your standards, like non-negotiable standards, are not being met here. And despite that, there may still be a desire to explore this partnership because your heart had opened to him 
And that's okay as well. If the door isn't fully closed, the door isn't fully closed. For myself and Jake, it was like I thought it was closing and it was still open. I was still thinking about him every day and doing the internal tug of war. And I said to myself, I'm going to explore this because I needed this healing because this is what I wanted from my last partner. I deeply desired for him to say, baby, I get it from my perspective, but I also get it from yours. And I want to see if this is still possible. This is like the deepest healing of the breakup from 10 years ago. And I can't, no matter what the result is on the other side of this, I can't not explore it for that past version of me just to show her you're still so chosen. No matter what you post on the internet, no matter what you say in your podcast, apparently some of his friends are like, have you not seen some of the shit that she shares? And Jake turns around and he says, when people shine brightly, people will get triggered by your bigness. Like that to me was like all I wanted was just a man by my side to be like, I'm fucking all there for the wildness, the bigness, the chaos that is back. And so I can't not at least try. But, but, and this is what I really want to drill home for you. You know how I love to teach through lived experience. I'm so committed to bringing him the wild woman, bringing him the reclaimed woman, not bringing him the little girl. So a really hard question that you get to ask yourself is what part of you attracted in that man? Because you cannot continue to bring that energy of you to him and that wounded little girl version of you or whatever expression of you that was. If you bring that to him, if you're going to explore that with the standards that you had then, with the energy that you were coming from then, you're only going to continue to recreate the same experience. But if you define the kind of relationship that you're here for, like sex, intimacy, pleasure, desire, I'm here for it. Like Jake, I'm like, bro. I'm writing a fucking erotic novel <laughs> and my partner needs to be the inspiration for it. And if you're not down for that, this is not the partnership for me. I'm erotic novelist. So let's fucking go. We need some good content, brother. <laughs> but you know, I know I've never actually talked to Jake like that, but I did let him know I'm writing a novel. So I'm like, and if you think that you can date me, you're in the fucking book and I need some good content. Like Mr. BJJ came through with some good content. I need chapter five. I need chapter five. Jake was like, what have you been doing in Bali? I was like, mm, I don't know. Don't ask me questions. Don't ask me questions. I don't. I never want to know what either person has done. I'm like, let's just not talk about that. But all you need to know is I'm writing an erotic novel. But for this woman, I know I can't bring Jake, my little girl, and I can't bring the standards that I negotiated on because that created settling, dissatisfaction, and disappointment. So I'm very clear. That if I want to explore this, if I want to open the door and see if it's possible, I have got to bring him wild woman reclaimed, embodied, integrated Rebecca. I cannot bring him little girl that says things are okay when they're not. I cannot do that. I cannot bring guarded Rebecca. I cannot bring armored Rebecca. I cannot bring defensive Rebecca. I cannot bring any of those expressions of me. And so I know what I am a commitment to. So for this woman, if you need to, explore this to prove to yourself that the door is really closed, then fucking who, I can't tell you what to do. People like never get back together with your ex. I'm like, shut the fuck up. Shut up. We're not here to tell anyone what to do. As a coach, I never tell my clients what to do. I ask them thought provoking questions to support them, to peel back the layers for them to connect with the truth of who they are so they can hear their truest truth speak. And we can explore that. But I actually know couples that have broken up for three months, got back together and ended up getting married. So there isn't a blanket statement, never get back together with your ex. Fuck off with that bullshit. But like 
I would rather get back together with my ex, try, know that it wasn't possible, fully close the door so that both Jake and I can move on and be like, at least we gave it our motherfucking all. I brought my woman, he brought his man, he tried to step up for my desire, I attempted to open my heart and soften, we gave it our best shot and at the end of the day we realised we're best, best friends that can't have the kind of intimate partnership that we're actually holding space for. But at least we gave it our all. So fuck off with your bullshit, don't try and get back together with your ex. If this is what this woman needs to either know that the partnership is for her or know that the partnership is not for her, let's fucking explore that. And so for you, my love, just full circling this, what energy are you a commitment to? What part of your woman do you get to bring if you're going to open the door on this? And what are your standards? Like you supporting him and financially supporting him and doing all the work and not being seen on social media, that sounds like a very big no from you. So what actually are your standards that you're a yes to? And you get to know that you're a commitment to that and anything less than that you are settling for. And when you bring that to him, you're giving him the invitation to meet you or not. And if he cannot meet you in that, then you know with all of your knowing, no matter how much your heart is like, I love him. Like there's a part of me right now, and I said this to my friend the other day, I've connected my brain, my heart, and my pussy. I'm like, actually, my pussy is like a yes to Jake. I really desire to explore this. My head is like, I want this. My body feels soft and yes, but my heart is still saying, I know you want it to be Rebecca but it's not him. And in this moment, that's true. And that feels really painful. And that's why I'm willing to have this experience to know. At least I can fully open the door or fully fucking close it and not play with this internal war that has been going on in our breakup. And so that's what I'm bringing to you, my love. If you come from the same energy that you came before, you're going to recreate the same relationship experience that left you both here in the first place. But if you come to him from the energy of your higher self, and come to him bringing the the relationship standards of your higher self. If he can meet that, fuck yeah, let's go. Relationships take work and they're not easy. But if he can't meet that, if he can't meet your woman, if he can't meet your worthy woman, if he can't meet your integrated woman, and if he can't meet her standards, then you know wholeheartedly that if you say yes to him, you are choosing dissatisfaction, you are choosing disappointment, and you are choosing to settle. And at least you will know that. Hi, Beck. It's been a while, but I need your advice. Thanks for, first of all, for your great help along this journey of self-acceptance and accepting my herpes diagnosis. You played a great part in, in all of this. I've now accepted my herpes diagnosis and I'm fine with it. And luckily, thank God, I have now found the woman I've always wanted. She has, from the beginning, been super supportive about me having herpes and really understanding And since I don't have outbreaks, it's mostly a psychological challenge for me and for us. But the problem now is we love each other and we feel great sexual attraction towards each other, but we both have trouble reaching orgasms during sex since we both have some knot in our brains and we can't fully relax while we're having sex. I think it's because we're both scared in our own ways. I'm scared of giving her herpes And she's scared of getting it. And we're sort of lost a little bit since we're really into each other, but we can't really seem to get there with sex. Any advice on what to do in this situation would be appreciated. Thank you endlessly for what you've done for me in life. 
So first of all, that literally could make me cry because there is nothing that just touches my heart more than hearing a beautiful man be vulnerable. I find it such a beautiful experience for a woman to receive a man being just so vulnerable. And I'm so grateful that I could have such an impact on your journey and to hear that you have attracted in such a beautiful partner. And I'm celebrating, like I'm so deeply celebrating the both of you. And I really hear that there's a fear for you to pass the virus on to her and there's a fear for her to be on the receiving end of the virus. And I love the acknowledgement as well around there are no or there are infrequent outbreaks for me. So it's a very psychological thing and it's psychological for her. And so this is going to require two things, emotional intimacy. And the other thing that I'm going to invite you into is non-sexual intimacy. And there's going to be one very logical component to this as well. So when it comes to transmission rates and the herpes virus, I love to tell everyone it doesn't actually matter what the transmission rates are. People ask me all the time, is it 2% with condoms and antivirals, man to woman or woman to man, or what's the risk, this and that, just all the stats. And I'm going to let you know something, your emotional body doesn't give a fuck about the statistics. It doesn't help with emotional pain. And this is the other thing as well. The statistics mean actually fuck all. Like I don't even believe them. You know, I'm a little bit of a conspiracy theorist because I know people that have been in marriages for 10, 20, 30 years and never pass the virus on. I also know people who have taken high dose antivirals and use condoms. And the first time that they have slept with someone, pass the virus on. So this is the thing that I feel that everyone who has herpes or is dating someone with herpes needs to know. There's a chance of transmission. Doesn't matter what the percentage is, there's a chance. And if you're only sleeping with someone or they're only sleeping with you because you think the chance is low, that's probably not a great reason to sleep with someone because on the other side of that, there may be a lot of pain if you were to transmit or they were to receive. So the acceptance of, even though we don't desire it, even though it's not, I don't want to go like, hey, here's herpes for you and herpes for you and herpes for you. Like, no, of course not. I don't desire to pass it on, but I need myself and the person that I'm intimate with to be in the acceptance of it could happen. And this is the other part. We have to explore that we need to talk about if it were to happen, if this man was to transmit to this woman, how does she think that she's going to feel? And what support would she love to receive from him in the experience of this and vice versa? If you were to transmit, how are you going to feel? And what support would you love to receive from her in the experience of this. They're two things that you could both discuss in advance. Like this isn't the ideal scenario. I'm committed to taking beautiful care of my personal health and hygiene. And let's talk about the elephant in the room. Let's talk about if it were to happen, how will we navigate it on both sides, not just the receiver, but the transmitter as well. Let's talk about that. The other thing that you both need to do is actually really be in acceptance that there is a chance that it could happen. Because if you're both in fear of it happening, number one, I really believe the fear of something will just manifest that thing occurring. And being in acceptance of the possibility of it and then taking energy away from it. You need to have all the conversations first. You need to go all the way in so you can take the energy away from it afterwards. Constantly talking about what are we going to do if one of us gets herpes? What are we going to do? What are we going to do? What are we going to do? It's just throwing so much energy onto it. In fact, a lot of the people that I support, when their partners have asked me to support them, the ones that do not have herpes, a part of their partner's complaint is, fucking, I don't know how much more we can talk about it. I've told her I don't have a problem with it. She's still in the fear of transmitting to me. And so we get to hold them in that and say, both of you need to have 
all the conversations that need to be had. And once all the conversations are had, we need to no longer have the conversation because we are just constantly throwing energy there. And then the final thing is, I know that you're saying that you're both finding it hard to reach climax despite the intense sexual chemistry and attraction. And I love that for the both of you. And I'm celebrating that for the both of you. Yes, it sounds like you've called in this beautiful woman. And I'm wondering, you know, when we're so in our heads about performing sexually, you know, our minds are blocking us from dropping into our bodies. And what are all the ways that the two of you could explore in non-sexual physical intimacy that could eventually, if you desired it, lead into sexual intimacy? I've even been thinking about this with Jake because, I mean, I haven't told him I've been having the best sex of my whole life, but I'm like, this motherfucker is going to feel so intimidated to fuck me because number one, he knows how important this is. He knows how much this is going to contribute to our relationship working or not. He knows how much I talk about sex on the internet. (laughs) I've told him I'm writing an erotic novel. He's going to feel this intense pressure to perform and that's going to put him so far and hard into his head. And I thought, what can I do for him to soften him, to be able to relax him out of his mind and get him into his body. And I thought about this beautiful non-sexual pleasure session. Like I did a self-guided self-pleasure session for myself and I thought to myself, it would be so beautiful to gift this experience to a man that has all different kinds of touch and smell and taste that isn't sexual, that is slow and gentle. It could be hard and rough. It could be so many different things but it builds up to being sexual if you want it to be sexual and allows the man to be in his receiving. And I thought, what would be a a real edge for me with Jake if we were to re-explore our relationship? And it was bringing this part of me to him. But a part of my intention for it would be to support him to get out of his head so that he can connect more deeply with his own sexuality. So he's no longer thinking about performing for Beck and being a great lover for Beck and being in his pleasure. And so for this man who has asked this question, I would really love for you to consider what would you love to receive that is a non-sexual physical expression of intimacy that she could do for you and vice versa for her. Now, I'm going to give you some examples of what I love to receive that is a non-sexual expression of physical intimacy. I really love when nails are run so lightly and slowly down the insides of my arms and down my neck. I love, do you know those things? They're like, I'm going to butcher this trying to explain it, but they're like a prongy metal thing that goes on your head that's kind of like a spider and it lightly scratches your head and all up the back of your neck. I don't know if you've ever played with it, but it just feels like so much beautiful, like spine tingling pleasure down my neck and down my back and down my spine. It just feels amazing. I love that. I love, there's all different like feathers and leather and different things that you can run over someone's body. There's massage oils, there's smells. I would love for the two of you to sit down and really get curious about the non-sexual intimacy that you could explore with each other that could drop you out of your heads. Like this could be so, so, so slow, like 15, 20, 30, 40, 50, 60 minutes kind of slow that could eventually lead you into sexual intimacy. I love kissing. Like kissing is such a turn on for me. Could you have a beautiful kissing session that doesn't have to lead to sexual pleasure or orgasm, but could if you desire to. And I really invite you to see what is possible 
on the other side of this. And the final thing that I want to say here is take orgasm off the table. What if orgasm was not the goal? And just being with each other and pleasuring each other in other ways was the goal. And just exploring each other's bodies and seeing like Mr. Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu was like kissing my neck in the shower for like an hour. And I was on the brink of climax the entire time that I was like, oh my God, I can literally orgasm just from my neck being touched and kissed in a certain way. How amazing. I can orgasm from my nipples being played with and touched and kissed and licked in a certain way. So can the two of you explore each other's bodies together and find and evoke pleasure within each other? And it doesn't even have to be about sexual intimacy to begin with. All right, my loves, that's filled into my cup so much. I truly hope that you received so much value from these questions and from my answers. I absolutely cannot wait to be back in your ears next week. And I have one hell of a guest and we're diving into all things relationships and anxious attachment style. If you love this episode, please screenshot it, share it to your story, tag me so that I can connect with you and so that I can share it as well. I cannot wait to be back in your ears next week. Have the most beautiful, brilliant New Year's Day. I hope you're partying and just having the most present fun ever. Let's fucking go. Thanks for tuning in to today's episode. If you're desiring more from me right now, firstly, I love your eagerness. And secondly, let's make it happen. Check out the link in my show notes where you can receive more information on my books, breakthroughs, online webinars, all upcoming courses and programs, and how you can get started on your journey within my world today. I can't wait to be back in your ears next week. And trust me, you won't want to miss this episode. 